welcome to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics podcast, the voice for women in midlife and beyond at Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. We talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Colleen. My name is Bridget. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking to one of the co-founders of Modern Elder Academy. Her name is Christine Sperber. And Bridget actually discovered Modern Elder Academy. And when she first brought it to me, I'm like, hmm, Elder Bridget, I'm not sure that's going to (laughs) play with our listeners. But once we looked into it, this is an amazing program. They have had over 3,000 attendees visit either their Baja, California and soon-to-be New Mexico locations or online. And it's kind of immersion experiences where they are on a mission to reframe midlife from a crisis to a calling, which I like their little tagline. I think that's really good. Our conversation was really interesting because Bridget and I find that so many people are speaking our language, meaning like the best is is coming your way. You have not had the best of your years behind you. Look forward, find a purpose. You know, if we're talking about longevity experts, they're always like, have a purpose, be lifelong learner. So what impressed you? I mean, I was really impressed with oh, the immersion, but what impressed you I about was it? Too. Well, I really, I, I want to go. <laughs> First <laughs> of all, I want to go. So I, I was, you know, I, of course, when we got off the interview and I went downstairs and talked to my husband. I said, I think we really need to go to this. But I love uh, not only, you know, she talks about the happiness curve and how 47 is like the bottom of that curve. And then you're going back up to happiness. I love when she talks about the immersion experience, how the people were laughing and talking and the community involved. And also the fact that they offer financial aid to people. Because so many people... That is huge. There, you know, so many people in our demographic are retiring. Income has probably changed in some way. You may be on a fixed income or just, you know, you may have lost a job or something like that, that they offer. I think she said 60% of the people that go there go through financial aid, which I thought was incredible that you get to go to this fantastic place, be treated great. And, you know, I just think it sounds fascinating there's just so much to look forward to. They offer so many things from living and working on purpose and reframing retirement and navigating midlife transitions. And they said, what I also was impressed by, a lot of people go alone. And I think that's so important because we hear about women and men who are lonely and isolated during this time of life. So if they can get the financial aid to go to Baja, California, I mean, who doesn't want to go to Baja, California? And spend a week connecting with people. And then you're an alum and you're connecting with the alums. They have a strong alumni association that it just, it makes you feel more positive, less isolated, and you feel seen and heard about topics you want to talk about. Speaking of topics you want to talk about, don't forget we are three weeks, if you guys can believe it, three weeks away from Conversations with Prime Women, our event at the Graduate Nashville Hotel on October 8th. That's a Sunday. And we are going to have special guests, Mindy Cohn and Melissa Gilbert. We are going to have experts on longevity, on beauty, on style, on menopause, on on boss ladies, how, you know, what inspires CEOs of corporations. There's going to be so much. The gift bags are insane, people. Like, 
insane. I'm trying to fit it all in the bag. That's how it's just people yes, have been you should, so you generous. See the boxes. Yes. Yeah, the I don't have a living room right now. Asked. I just I have like yes. a, just a big wall of boxes, but such a variety of things. Like there's just a little bit of everything in there, and we can't wait to meet people in person, to mm. get them to talk about what they want to talk about, to feel seen, to feel heard, to celebrate. It's an afternoon of celebration of this time of our life, and we so hope you will join us. Just go to eventbrite.com, and also, you can, if you have questions or want more information, you can go to conversationswithprimewomen.com. And now we are going to start our conversation with Christine Sperber about the Modern Elder Academy. We'll talk to you after. Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cold Topics, everybody. Today, we are thrilled to have Christine Sperber on. Christine works at the Modern Elder Academy, which sounds so exciting. I found out about Modern Elder Academy when I was reading Maria Shriver's Sunday paper. So I'm really thrilled that Christine could be with us today. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Christine, you're the co-founder and chief experience officer, which I love that title. Bridget, we should be chief experience officers. We should be. For the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. can you talk, you're a co-founder. Can you talk about how it came about? Absolutely. Um, I think it was about six years ago, Chip, who is our, our founder, my business partner, um, had been working at Airbnb and at 53, I think was the oldest person in the company and quickly realized that he was both an intern and a mentor at the same time. And this idea of modern eldership came about through his time at Airbnb, where uh, they said to him, you're an elder, but you're a modern elder. You're as curious as you are wise. And we really feel like that alchemy is, is the twist that we need. So for him, modern elder was really about reframing aging. And then he came to me, we've done, this is our third project that we've worked on together. Um, and I'd been living in Mexico for over 10 years at that point. He had a home in El Pescadero where we um, open and have our three acre beachfront campus. So he came to me to partner on the operations side. So my impetus really is just like a tiny bit subversive, which is I believe in the power of business to create a thriving middle class in our tiny town in Mexico. And so it was about harnessing the power of this terrific idea to create impact. What I underestimated when we did this is, you know, I thought these two passions would kind of run in parallel tracks. But what happened is that when we created a workplace that is filled with dignity um, and people love coming to work, that it became recursive. And we actually have this circle that the way that the staff shows up impacts the guests who are very much there for healing. And then it flows back into the employee experience and so forth. So they don't run in parallel tracks. They're actually so completely interwoven in the way that, that they run together and impact the experience. And our frontline staff has become an absolutely massive part of the workshop experience in Baja and really amplifies what we're doing on the reframing aging front. Yeah, I have been listening to Chip's book. So ever since I found this, I downloaded the book. I've been listening to the book, which is Wisdom at Work, The Making of a Modern Elder. And so much of what you just said reminds me of the message in his book, just about respect 
or whoever has whatever job that it is. So it sounds like what's going on in the community where you are in Baja, that it's just bringing all that together, showing respect. And then everybody's eager to be at work and happy with what they're doing and sharing that experience. So can you talk a little bit about what it would mean to reframe aging? What does that really mean? I mean, I think it can mean a number of things. On, a, on one level, you know, societal narrative around what aging means. And it is so different, almost on a global level, to the lived experience, right? The personal experience of aging is, is so many people that you talk to, and social science bears this out, we get happier as we get older, right? With the U-curve of happiness shows that we are are least happy as a species, essentially, at 47. And for all the reasons, we're going through health changes, empty nest, sandwich generation, caring for children and for parents, job change, relationship change, it all kinds of converges there statistically at 47. And then as a species, we're happier in our 50s than our 40s, happier in our 60s than our 50s, and so on, up into our 80s. So that is so rarely reflected in what we're fed. So there is an opportunity to reframe it just from an information standpoint. What we're being fed isn't what we are living, experiencing, and learning from our elders. So that's one opportunity to reframe. There is, you know, if you just look at an adult lifespan, and we've gained extra lifespan and extra health span since the turn of the century, big, big gains. We've got a longevity dividend now. If you look from 2050, that is the same journey as 50 to 80. And if you think about the plasticity of your brain, if you think about the your willingness to learn and jump in at 20, nothing seemed not worth trying, right? Not worth learning. You never thought, um, I'm 20, I'm too old. But it's that same journey from 50 to 80. So the opportunity to reframe the kind of curiosity that we can bring into midlife because there is so much runway left, uh, I think is just a story that's not being told a lot. Those are just two easy examples, right? And then we know from uh, Becca Levy's work, who's a researcher at Yale, that reframing uh, or create, having a positive mindset around aging as opposed to a negative mindset around aging adds seven and a half years to our lifespan. Just the mindset shift to a positive one around aging, like, I mean, that's easier than exercising, right? Oh, <laughs> And much more fun. <laughs> you know, you, you just mentioned that Yale study, and part of your ideology is to reframe from an emotional and a business standpoint. So how do you marry the two? It's a great question. You know, I think the opportunity in business is to really help business understand the value of the more experienced worker. We bring a different kind of intelligence. We bring the lived experience and an emotional intelligence that isn't often, I mean, I certainly didn't have in my 20s. I won't speak for everyone. It's almost like, I don't use that word elder worker, but like a more experienced worker it requires a PR campaign. It needs a, It needs an agent, Right. As a, um, as a movement, we, we require a makeover to help, uh, help the workplace understand how important and powerful these older workers are. We know that teams with older workers succeed better. We know that, uh, entrepreneurial, in, 
sorry, entrepreneurial projects with older founders have a higher success rate. They were just valuable in the workplace. Right. Just needs a rebrand. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it absolutely does. And we've spoken to so many different people that we're finding out it wasn't presented and I, just before we started this podcast, actually, when we were searching for answers, but the more people like you that we speak with, that we talk to, we're hearing that message, the experience of having someone elder in your workplace brings so much. And I love, too, how they talk about how elders were really, you know, if you talk about elders, if you look at history, elders were revered, that, that people looked as elder was a great thing. And then it was, it, it seemed elderly. <laughs> you seemed elderly. So what is something that somebody can expect if they want to take part or want to be part of the Modern Elder Academy? Oh, can I come back to the concept of sure. elder and elderly, though, for a sure. second? Because yeah. I think, you know, it's quite important that those two things become decoupled. So elder is situational. In tech at 35, you can be an elder. You're just the oldest one there is the elder. Whereas elderly often refers to kind of those last few years of our life where we are elderly. So elder and elderly, uh, quite different. Uh, There's a lot of different points of entry with us. So you can go as low touch as come to our website and you can download our white paper on the anatomy of a transition, which just helps to name the stages of a transition. And as adults, we can count on going through a a fairly major transition every 12 to 18 months in, in midlife. And there's different levels of transitions. There's life quakes, there, um, tons of transitions and we're ripe in that, in that field in midlife. So easy entry, come to our website, um, arm yourself with that paper. And that was written by my business partner, Jeff Hamley and Carrie uh, Henley, who has just gotten married. And now she is Carrie Cardinale. And we're all in love with her husband as well. <laughs> and they met at MEA. Oh, wow. Um, so <laughs> so Jeff, Jeff and Carrie wrote this white paper that's the foundation of a lot of our thinking around transitional work. So that's very easy. We have fireside chats where you can drop in on a live event with us. We do online programming, up to eight week long online programs where you can really get enmeshed with our work. Um, And that's a mix of async and live events. You can come to Baja. In in Baja, we do in-person five and seven day workshops. We also have a, a product called Refresh. So if the idea of a five or seven day immersive workshop feels like a little too much, you can come on more of a wellness and learning vacation uh, with lighter programming. And then starting in March of 2024, you can join us in person here in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I am sitting right now. We'll be opening a 2,600 acre regenerative horse ranch with two different retreat centers on it where you can come for a five or seven day retreat or that refresh as well, eventually. Lots of ways to play with us. The immersive programs, it sounds like they're very in-depth. What are they focusing on? And what, like, is it a full day of of lecture or conversation, connection? What can people expect from those immersive programs? Colleen, I love that question because we've been working for almost six years on what does it look like? So when we started, we invited friends and family to Baja. We ran through 
through 153 people, we did a 13-week beta program. And by the end of that beta program, we'd come up with essentially where we've landed today in these workshops. And it is a combination of kind of traditional classroom learning based on social science, evidence, um, evidence-supported science, and our research with experiential learning that really kind of cements where you are in the world. Like, don't come to Baja and miss being in Baja, right? It's incredible. We have a three-acre beachfront campus, plenty of time for breakouts. One of our core beliefs is that wisdom is not taught, it is shared. So there's plenty of time within that community to break off into dyads and triads and, and really dive in with your compadres, which is what we call our guests down in Baja. The reason we call people that is in Spanish, I love this concept, this feels so beautiful to me. In Spanish, a compadre is a co-parent. And what we do during that week together is really co-parent the experience of the week. Everyone is responsible for the shape of it. So our compadres have lots of time to be together. Uh, we have incredible communal dining, beautiful spaces, pools, hot tubs. So it really is kind of the whole enchilada from traditional classroom through experiential dining, uh, communal time, lots of conversation. There's also movement and mindfulness and a little bit of art and music. So all kinds of, all kinds of goodness packed into that week. And you do not have to think about your laundry during that time. You just do your own (laughs) dishes during that time. Um, it's amazing what the pattern interruption allows us to explore when we get out of our day to day. Really, truly. So we take quite good care of you. Chip and I came to this out of the hospitality background. And so there are a lot of things I think that traditional retreat centers don't do that we just didn't know any better. Of course, we're going to pamper you. We come out of hospitality. And again, the way that I thought that maybe the the staff piece and the guest piece would run in parallel and hospitality was maybe floating all of it over all of it. It's just all part of this delicious stew that we're in down in Baja. And we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. And we're back. I was reading the book, The Making of the Modern Elder book, that also sounded like a lot came from there where um, he talks about not just telling, but asking the right questions. And that you can learn so much from each other if you ask the right questions, if you're not just being the teacher the whole time. Can you share a little bit about why that is? I think it all points back to curiosity, right? When we are curious, we're so much more pleasant to engage with just on a very basic level, right? And then I'm sure you both are familiar with David Cooperwriter's work around appreciative inquiry, the power of a question well asked. Um, so we we use appreciative inquiry a lot to help guide people to answers that they already have. And I do believe that that is really the best kind of mentorship that we can offer. Like so few of us like to be told, I hate to be told anything, right? But when we can help people to harness what they already know, to access the learning that they have as a guide through well, well-placed questions, I mean, that's just glorious both for the asker and, and the question and the question me, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I need to reread that. Along the lines of appreciative inquiry, there are so many people that we talk to that say, I don't know what this transition is going to look like for me, but I know what I don't want it to look like. So how do you, a lot of people aren't sure the questions to ask. 
how do you work in the groups and in the in your online programs to get them to know what to ask or the confidence to ask those questions? Well, I have to compliment that question, Colleen, because that was a great question. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I think that appreciative inquiry is a, a skill that's really worth diving into, and there are whole books about great ways to do appreciative inquiry. I think for us, the beginning of it is understanding and naming the parts of a transition. And then that can help lead you to the right types of question, the right energy and tone of question. But, you know, as general rules, we found that open-ended questions are fantastic. You want to avoid the yes, no, and you really want to focus on what's working, right? So it's so easy to go to a diagnostic question. It's so easy to go to advice disguised as a question, but really the, the, ones, the questions that move towards the energy of what is working to help you understand um, moving in that generative direction, you just get to an entirely different outcome than trying to decide what is wrong. What do you find, you know, from the people, from your guests that attend? There's probably there's so many different things that they're facing. What are some typical things that people are, that your guests are facing when they attend the immersive um, Modern Elder Academy? You know, I think all of the ones that you would expect in midlife, right? Those are the common. I think the underlying unspoken is lack of community. So many, so many of us raise families, focus on career, focus on, you know, all of the things that get us to, to where we are in midlife. We pick our heads up and we realize that we don't have networks. And those that's our emotional insurance. That's what will help get us through these transitions well. So I think the immersive experience in Baja and, and hopefully here in Santa Fe, I'm sure here in Santa Fe, is about, again, creating that that network of friends and and thought partners to move through this time of life. We hear over and over again how refreshing it is to be with people that are asking the same questions and going through the same exact experiences. Many people feel alone in this. And when we come together, it's like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one with brain fog. I am not the only one that can smell bread and gain five pounds. I'm not the only one. And that is so powerful to do in community. So, you know, and both the the heavy, heavy is not the right word, both the the power of that emotional connection in a deep way and also in a light way. It is great to have friends to play with. And if I could tell you the amount of times that people have stayed up so late in the hot tub, giggling until three o'clock in the morning and showing up to the classroom the next day and saying, I haven't had a night like that in so long. And so uh, that reconnection to each other is so incredibly important. And, you know, the, the community is such a big step in longevity, in a healthy longevity. Yes, you know, absolutely. You know, we've heard that time and time again um, from so many different people, neurologists, longevity experts, that community is such a big role. How many people are in the immersive programs? Uh, you know, we can be anywhere from like 18 to 28 people in, okay. a, in a cohort. And they do tend to stay together. And we have tools to help them stay together. And then we actually do a lot. We have a vibrant alumni community 
we do a homecoming every year. It'll be in Santa Fe from now on moving forward. 400 people from all over the world converged on Santa Fe last year. And there is this shared language that people have from going through the the MEA um, experiences, whether it's online or in person, it is such a riot when we all come together. I mean, it's just high energy and dancing and big ideas and all of the, all the things. And so how many do you, how many immersion events do you have per year? How often do you have them per uh, year? We're running year round. Year round. Both okay. in Baja and then we'll be running year round in Santa Fe once we open in March. Okay. And you yeah, do so have online you... too. So if people aren't able mm-hmm. to get there, they can do online programs. Absolutely. And those start at, at various times throughout the year. And we have tons of financial aid available. So go through this, the, go to our website, look at the different offerings, select what might be interesting and apply. And if you need financial aid, let us know. We are happy to do that. Over 60% of the people who have come through have been on some form of financial aid. We've given millions of dollars of financial aid since we started. That is fantastic because I know that we hear from a lot of our listeners, you know, this is a time some may be retiring. Their uh, incomes are, are, have lost a job, just been aged out, which is another thing that people face during this time that that Modern Elder Academy would probably be fantastic and that kind of help from someone who has gone through a job transition. But that's fantastic because we do hear people want so much to get help, but they just, it's ex- it's expensive to get help in whatever area it might be. So that's fantastic that you have the financial aid. Anyone wants to support that effort, we actually have a nonprofit that helps to support our financial aid. It's called Age and um, I can send you the information um, okay. I think it's agegives.org. It's for other organizations that well as as well. It helps people to go get um, you know, to either join our workshops, workshops at Esalen, and anything that addresses education and excellence in aging. We will make sure to have that for our listeners in the show notes. Just go to hotflashescooltopics.com, click on this episode, you'll have all the show notes and links for that. What do you hope by doing these programs? How do you hope to reframe midlife? What is the intent in having Modern Elder Academy? I mean, I'm a raging idealist. I'll just put that <laughs> on the table. So for me, the, the idea if we can harness all of this intellect and experience and emotional intelligence to make the world a better place. And there's so many areas of impact that we can have right now. I mean, there's just so many areas of impact. The average American retiree watches 47 hours of television a week. So many people take their full-time job and they replace it with a TV habit. Imagine if, I mean, just the creativity that we could unleash on the world um, with just a tiny tweak of reframe of, of everyone knowing that they have something to give, that they have time to give it that the world needs them and it's worthy. My last question is what's the average age of a, a participant? 53. Okay. 53. So actually, and who's 54. the oldest? 54. I'm 53. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually 54. Um, I believe that 98 was the oldest who has, has oh. been. Um, and the youngest is 27. We have a lot of younger people who come through who, whether 
they identify as elders, they want to do more intergenerational work, they're the old soul type, they're aspirational, but really we see a, a huge range. When we founded the academy, we thought that it would be 40 five to 65 kind of our sweet spot and what we've found and what social science has has recently born through research is 35 to 75 is really midlife now so wow you know that window has opened especially as as we have a longer health span and lifespan it is a marathon not a sprint 35 75 do you find that people come individually on their own or do they come like with two or three friends or how do you how does that work when they come you know it's it's definitely a mix i would say the vast majority do come alone um and it's a great kind of trip to do alone because because of the way that it's structured with the cohort with communal dining there's space to be alone but you will never be lonely yeah. in Baja. <laughs> you would have to work to be lonely in Baja. What has been a, a huge surprise for me, or was, I'm no longer surprised by it because I've seen it so many times, is the beauty of couples doing this work together. Thank you so much, Christine. Like I said before, we'll have all of this information in the show notes. Guys, just look up Modern Elder Academy. There are so many programs and interesting aspects from learning to love midlife to the power of purpose to thriving in your next phase of life. There's just so many topics to explore. And thank you so much, Christine. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And let's figure out how to get you to or you four down to Baja. Oh, yeah. Well, we want to thank Christine so much for being on the show and sharing so much about Modern Elder Academy. It really sounds fascinating. And so you're going to have to check out Modern Elder Academy. Um, We will have show notes and links to everything that you heard about today in this episode. Also, don't forget, go to conversationswithprimewomen.com or go to eventbrite.com to get your tickets to Conversations with Prime Women in Nashville on Sunday, October 8th at the Graduate Hotel in Nashville. We are going to have a great time, guys. You've got to see these gift bags. It's incredible. Check us out on social media. We are all over there. We are on Facebook. We have a fantastic Facebook group. We have Instagram. We are on TikTok. We are on Pinterest. We have these um, episodes on YouTube as well. As long as our guest agrees to be on there, then we put them up on YouTube as well. So check that out. Have a great week, guys. We will talk to you next time. Bye.